Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet best-selling kids and young adult authors Marcus Susak, Matt De La Pena, and Nick Stone. You'll hear how their own pasts each inspired them to write their latest stories, whether it's from an idea that came to one author 20 years ago to the book an author wishes she had as a guidepost when she was in high school. And of course, why it's so important for kids to be able to see and hear themselves in books. Plus, from Jim Dale to one's own brother, hear who their dream narrators might be. Enjoy. Hi, this is Marcus Zuzak, and my new book is Bridge of Clay. If I was to say what this book was about or what inspired me to write it or why I wrote it, it's more just that I had to. It's a book I've had in me for a really long time and the time was right to do it. I mean, on one hand, I didn't have any other ideas, but on the other, this was the book I'd always wanted to write, probably since I was about 19 years old, and I thought of a boy a bridge and wanting to make something beautiful or something great, even just so you could have one moment in your life that was a perfect one. Trying to achieve greatness, knowing that you can't, but trying anyway, that's what really attracted me to the idea of this boy building his bridge. If I had to describe what it was like in one word to record my own book, As an audio book, I would have to say that word would be emotional. It had been a long time to write. It was more than 10 years in the writing. It was more than 20 years as an idea. I had a lot of struggles writing this book, problems all the time, and I quit it twice because I just couldn't ever quite get it right. And to finally finish it and then read it aloud, it was the perfect way for it to end. And it was cathartic in a lot of ways. And like I said, really emotional. When it came to pronouncing certain words and having trouble with words, it was the simple ones that really surprised me. A word like asked is really difficult to get right. So many times we stopped because I just couldn't get asked right. There's so much going on in one syllable. And even words like actually usually. They're no picnic either. It's not so much big words and things that you think are going to be really important in the book. It's the little things. And even then when you get it right, your stomach might have rumbled and the mic picks it up. So you've got to do it again. If I was going to be proud of anything in the reading of the book, I would say it's getting certain Eastern European languages correct. There were three used in the book. There is Polish in the book. There's Czech and there's Romanian. And getting those things exactly right was something that I practiced before I came in. It's a little bit like training, but I don't think I had to retake any of the Polish expressions, which I was particularly proud of. If I was to ever have a dream narrator for this book that wasn't myself, I never really intended that it would be me reading it, but I wouldn't go for a great actor or a celebrity, I think I would try to get my brother to read it. I think that would be purely because it might be the only way that he actually reads the book. I remember when the Book Thief film came out, when we walked out of the cinema, he said to me, oh, well, I've seen the movie now. Now I definitely don't have to read the book. 
we have little moments like that. And so getting him to read it would have been kind of funny, I think. An audio book that I've loved over the years, and I've probably listened to it about 16 times, is All the Pretty Horses by Cormac McCarthy, and it's read by Brad Pitt, and it's really beautiful. It's really sad, and it's funny in moments, and it's been a really good traveling companion for me when I drive somewhere. My favorite line in it, it's when the character John Grady Cole has this thought, and it goes something like this. He could see so clearly that his whole life had led to this moment and that all after it led nowhere at all. And I know that sounds really dark and gloomy and I can't believe I just delivered that line with a smile on my face, but there's something really beautiful and true about that as well. That's one of the great moments in that narration and it's one of the great moments in that book. Hi, this is Matt Dillapeno. The inspiration for this story came from my neighborhood growing up. I grew up right next to the Mexican border and my school was predominantly Mexican-American and the community that I was born into I feel like there wasn't enough representation in literature, but especially in picture books. And I think it's incredibly powerful to see yourself in a book. I had done this many times in young adult novels, but this was the first time I went back to my community for a picture book. So it was an honor to be able to put those kids into my book. If I had to describe the experience of recording this audiobook in one word, I would use the word educational. I think you don't really know how to read your own work until you do it many times, but it's even more of a learning experience when you have somebody listening in and kind of coaching you through some of the music of the language, especially with a picture book because it's so short. The thing I'm most excited about in terms of this recording and that I got to do it myself is that I know the music of this neighborhood. I feel like I was writing to a specific part of California. And in doing that, I know the sounds of the music, of the language. I know what all of that stuff feels like. And the fact that I got to do the dialogue and read the lines like I hear them since I was a kid, that's probably the part that I'm most proud of. Yeah, if I could have had anybody read this, I think I would have chosen somebody like Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think he could have nailed it. I think there are a lot of people who could have done it justice, probably even better than I could have. And uh, you always, as an author, want to hear how somebody else hears your words. But it was also kind of an honor to do it myself. Hi, this is Nick Stone. Narrating my audiobook was both harder and easier than I expected. Easier because I really only had to read a third of it. I think if I had had to read the whole thing, it would have been a little harder. But also, it was hard because I think I wasn't mentally prepared for how much my brain would have to work and how much my voice would have to work. Like, talking for six hours is more than I bargained for. 
So in this book, Jupiter Charity Sanchez is the third narrator, and she's also the character who's most like me. It was very liberating having the opportunity to bring her to life on the audiobook simply because, you know, I felt like this version of me that I was at 16 and 17 is finally getting a chance to breathe, and I wouldn't give it up for the world. It was awesome. I did struggle a little bit with some of my alliteration, like (laughs) all of the places where I had like multiple L words in a row, which look really cool on the page and sound good in your head. But like saying them aloud, it was like like a tongue twister, like Sally sells seashells by the seashore basically is what's in the book. I think that something the listener will get that maybe the reader won't is there's something powerful about hearing one person's inflection on a voice that brings a story together in a very specific way. So the reader will get kind of their own interpretation of the words, but I think that the listener will hear me telling this story that I wrote, and it'll probably sound a bit different than it does when they read it. Dion Graham was definitely my dream narrator for Dear Martin, and he's my dream narrator for my fourth book. I mean, it would depend on the book. If I wrote a book cool enough for Jim Dale to read, I would feel very accomplished. Like, he is the man when it comes to audiobooks. I don't really have memories of books being read aloud to me, but I have a lot of memories of my mother sitting down with me as I tried to read. She taught me how to read very, very early. She says I was 18 months. I don't know if I believe that. That's a bit of a stretch. But I do remember, vividly remember, at like age three, age four, being in the library with these books called Rookie Readers and trying to pronounce the words and having her over my shoulder, making sure that I got them right. And that was powerful. I mean, it's definitely what made me a reader. I think it's important to like read with your kids, read to your kids. And like early literacy is is a good thing. So what's wild, and this happened with Dear Martin too. I wrote this book in 2015, so it's been years. And Dear Martin as well, I think I wrote both of those books in 2015. Last year when Dear Martin came out, it was shortly after the incident in Charlottesville where you had this white nationalist quote-unquote racist rally kind of converge on this city, and there was still a lot of stuff going on. So it just so happened that the book came out around the same time that there were things going on in society that kind of matched the topic. And the same thing applies here. When I was writing this book, I was writing it for myself. Like, it was this book that I needed to write for my own sense of sanity, for my own, like, self-worth. Like, I needed to write the book that I needed. And it just so happens that now it's coming out at this time when more actors and, like, musicians are coming out. Things are shifting. Things are changing. And I couldn't be more excited to be a part of kind of this shifting landscape. It's pretty awesome. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. 